That's right. Back. Patrick Hicks here for Lifecast. Joined by my faithful colleague, Mr. Xander. Thanks for coming in, man. Uh, happy to be here. And uh, today's the topic of uh, love. Lovecast Part 2. We're going to learn a lot. Join us. Let's get it on. That's right, folks. Lovecast time. Part two. It's an ongoing series. Um, I'm here with uh, Xander. Say hi, Xander. Hi, Xander. Nice to be back, Patrick. Um, had a lot of fun the last two casts. Um, kind of switching up some topics now. So. Yeah, so we're here again. As always, uh, with the lovely Wobblehouse crew, serving up the best Wobble this side of uh, the Mississippi. And um, we're going to talk about love, love cast. Um, we've done one before, and we're going to do one now. We're going to lay it on you. No lay it on you real thick. Real hot and heavy, like. Smooth and creamy. Like a Barry White song wrapped up in silk Tor- and lace and belt. Okay. Um, like a tortilla of love. Yes. Um, so, let's talk about love. What is love? Yeah, that is... Baby, don't hurt me. <laughs> um, Baby, don't hurt me. What is love? You know, that's a... Uh, honestly, I've been trying to figure that out for a long time myself. Um, uh, you know, if you look at the whole scope of human emotion... I don't really see love as being a practical emotion. In fact, I don't even see love as being a real emotion. And I think for a lot of people that's, that would throw them off, and I'm sure that a lot of you may disagree with me, but just hear me out. Just about every every emotion we have stems from some sort of stimulus, right? Yeah. Um, pain, anger, frustration, happiness, joy, whatever you um, whatever your fancy may be. But love is a quote-unquote emotion that has no set stimulus to it. Um, I remember in the last cast you had, um, you know, saying, your uh, your friend Spencer was saying, you know, you could love your mom, love your, your family, but you're not in love with them. You know? Yeah. So, what, you know, what does that term really mean as, as an umbrella term? Um and I really don't think it means a whole, whole lot. And again, maybe that's just me being cynical. Uh, because personally, I don't think I've ever actually experienced love or shared love with anybody. Um, but I don't really think that it's something that... Um, what about that time you met that girl in that... Uh, the girl, you met her off of, like, I think it was Jeff Davis... And that's uh, that's like you more picked of, her up. I remember I, you picked I, her up. I, I did pick her up. I mean, you were there. I think you were driving. Um, yeah, and um, yeah, um, I went in the back. I mean, y'all, if that's because I heard noises that I only hear when my parents have their they call it game night, right. and uh, um, if that's not and they say they're in love, so why? I mean, it sounds like you're in love. 
people say a lot of things, though, um, and their actions uh, don't necessarily reflect what they say. Uh, so my parents, act- my parents aren't in love. Your parents may very well be okay. in oh. love, All right. um, but what they're doing is not love. What they're that's doing love. might be illegal in a couple of states, actually. Which I can tell you right now, what we did in your back seat was a little illegal. Yeah, there was uh, especially in the state of Virginia. There was a the couple, Commonwealth. Yeah, the Commonwealth. Yes. All right. So you bring up the point that you've never been in love. You think. Never yep. truly in love. Exactly. Now, how do you know that? Well, like I said, it's one of those emotions that reflects the halo effect of personal encounters. And the first time you meet somebody, uh, the first impression is the biggest one. And if you get a good, per- a good first impression, you develop a halo effect for this person. Um, wherein you generally only see them in a good light. Yeah. Um, and you don't always recognize the, uh, the negatives about them. Not saying you shouldn't appreciate someone for like their good and their bad, but you don't see both sides as evenly. Yeah. Um, to be in love is to transcend that point past the halo effect, where you can still recognize the good and the bad and still appreciate and still want to be with that person. Okay. So far, I have not. <laughs> uh, I've not come across that situation yeah. in my own life. Um, it usually gets to the point where you're like, "All right, I cannot stand this one thing that they do." That, right. That one. Right. Little Those little idioms um, in relationships, and uh, I don't just mean romantic relationships. I mean any kind of relationship. Yeah. Any it's that brick wall that you know you just can't pass over. Right. Right. Um, okay. No, I mean, I bring that up because I asked you, how do you know you haven't been in love? Because that normal question is, you know, how do you know you're in love? Well, everyone's, you know, go-to response is, you can just feel it. Feel it, yeah. You'll just know. You'll know when you're in love. It's kind of like, you know, how will I know when I'm a ninja master? You'll just feel it. You know? yeah. That's what Sensei always told me. Now, many years later, I'm not really... A ninja. Yeah, you can't run house kick worth a shit. No, I I can't. I my my ability to stress is Sensei just, Norris would be pissed. I'm not flexible. I'm not. My schedule is in cement. I, I was gonna say like physically, no, you're flexible. I've seen it. Oh, well, Experienced yes. it. Yeah. Uh, but no, time wise, no. No. I've got many things going on. My True. itinerary help my personal assistant. You have one of those? Yeah. Her name's Wanda. Wanda. You get through like an agency or something? Yes, the Ministry of Magic. Mm. Oh, I get it. I get it, because her name is Wanda. Wanda. Like the, the wand. Phallic symbols. Of a penis. In her hand. So I'm sleeping with her. Okay. Um, no. And you love Wanda. I love well, and she loves love, your Wanda. She loves my Wanda. Yeah, okay. Have you ever been to Rwanda? I have not. They've got lots of Wandas there. <laughs> I've been to Verina, but I have not been to Vagina. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Like we were saying, um, you know, I think I've been there, I want to say once. Okay. Um, it was with a girl 
we were dating for a while, and every time we hung out, it could just be in school, it could be like in class, it could be riding a freaking bike. Um, I mean, we could be doing the most mundane things, and I could, no matter what, I felt calm, I felt happy, like innately happy, not because something good was happening to me, I was just, without react, without reaction, I was just being happy. So it was like the intrinsic value of just being in the presence of this person. Yeah. Made she, you happy. She brought my mojo, not sexually, up. Okay. You know, I just felt on my game. Now, I have felt that way before. Like, I, I know what that feeling is like, just to be feel comfortable around somebody. Um, because I've always held to the belief that your personality is divided up into sections. About 80% of your personality is public access. Everyone sees it, and this is what they know about you. And anybody who knows you will explain this 80% to the people that they t- they meet when they try to describe you. Like an unsecured file. Yes. Yeah. Um, that's a, the share file. Yes. Um, then you've got your... Um, Not a share folder. Then you've got your, your folder that has certain permissions. Oh, okay. All right. This is a, this uh, equates for about um, uh, another fifteen percent. Um, this is the uh, the percentage that you share with your intimate partner, the person that you are quote unquote in love with, soulmate, however you want to define it. And then you've got that last five. Um, that's the point. Five percent. That, that you your don't porn. show anyone. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. That is your encrypted file that only you have access to. Yeah. Only you know about that. That's your deepest, darkest secrets, the ones that you will never share, the ones that go to your grave, the one that sets you aside from everybody else. The the 5% that if for whatever reason you had to go back in time to meet your <laughs> your your former self, you would give this information to your former <laughs> self to prove that you are you. Okay. Now it puts it in perspective. Exactly. Um, and um, the, the comfort level, going back to that. Um, you know, like I said, I have felt comfortable, but it ultimately, here's the thing, this is why like, I, I say that love isn't a real emotion. Um, you can have two people, and they can have a thousand and one things in common. A thousand and one things in common. They get mad at the same things. They laugh at the same jokes. Um, they have the same taste in music. They love the same kind of art. They uh, they enjoy the same kind of food. Everything they have in common. But when it comes down to the, hey, could I be romantically entwined with this person, it just doesn't happen. You see? It is like it's Why that one variable. Yeah. yeah, it's that one variable that, despite all other like compatibilities, just doesn't match up. Yeah. Um, that's where you get your best friends. Yes, um, that's where that comes in. Like I love Andrew, but I'm not gonna have. Well, again, I'm not gonna do that again. Right. I'm never gonna do that again. You know, feel free to speak for yourself, but I mean. That I might again, uh, probably three times, at least twice before lunch. That's just my personality. Okay. Um, but yeah, I don't really see. I can never listen to that song. Pour some sugar on me again. 
because of what he did. Did he pour sugar on you? That I I don't I just want to change stuff. Okay, let's move on. I'll never listen to eighties hard rock ever again. No more white snake. No that's more. A, I can't take that, it. That's ta- I'm sorry. Just makes me feel dirty. Ting. Yeah, a little dirty. Yeah. Tingling. <laughs> Juicy. Like a steak. On a grill. My emotions are just <laughs> running wild and intertwining right now. <laughs> Excuse me. Alright. But yeah, I mean that's 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 it. I mean Love is one of those things that it's a should make sense. You know, it's when they say like you just feel it. You, when it happens you just feel it. It's supposed to make sense. But nothing about love ever makes sense. Nothing about love ever makes sense. I mean take take the last uh, five years okay. of my life. And you take a look at all the girls that I've gone after. I've tried to date, I've asked out, maybe have dated, um, and you will not find a single thing they have in common. Not a damn thing in common. Partly because I guess I'm still looking, but partly because, I mean, there are certain things that will attract you emotionally, but not necessarily um, to the extent of love. Again, going back to the best friend um, scenario. And I think that's where a lot, that's where the searching goes. You, you go through a lot of people that potentially could be some very, very close friends. And along the way, you end up ruining any hope of friendship. Any right. real friendship. I mean, you might see each other at the library and say, hey, but... Are the ones that got away your potential best friends that just won't be now because you pursued? My my belief is this, um, and again, I'm going, I'm using another like metaphor here, but this is one that you know, the people who know the eighty percent of me will will know this. Um, I say it a lot. You know, you the dance. whole task, the whole what? <laughs> you pole dance. I. I Stage name is Brown Sugar. Um, follow me on Twitter. Pure pleasure. Every Thursday, <laughs> Thursday nights. Um, I use this one metaphor a lot. You know, the whole tapestry of your life is like a it's like a puzzle. You know, and when you start off, you start off at that top left hand corner, like sky piece. Every other piece in that puzzle is an element of your life, whether it be a person, an event, whatever. And as we're going through and searching through these pieces, we're trying to see which ones fit. Some of them do fit, but we only get so far before we completely lose sight of the, the, the big picture and we get completely lost. We get stuck. Then you've got some that don't fit right now, but you kind of see down the line where they belong so you hold on to them ultimately though I guess if love is a, a real thing who you fall in love with is that last piece that completes the whole picture and um, 
how many of us have grown up, you know, little kids playing, you know, playing with their toys, fixing puzzles ourselves, and realizing we're missing a piece? No? Yeah. I mean, it's manufactured defects. Sometimes it's, sometimes these things happen. Sometimes there's like a piece that just isn't, isn't there. It's, it's, it's kind of depressing, but um, despite the fact that there are billions of people on this planet, we will never get a chance to meet any, like all six plus billion people. Eight billion. Eight billion. Eight billion. All right. If the number wasn't already like exuberant enough as is, you have this huge selection of people to choose from, and you'll never get to see the entire selection. Who's to say that my quote-unquote soulmate isn't some Inuit woman living in Alaska? Or an Aborigine woman in Australia, or hell, even uh, freaking like transvestite in Europe. Who's to say? You know, or the guy down the street, or a guy down the street, or a guy across the table. Who's to say? Now's your chance. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's interesting, and I and what piques my interest about that is so many people in the world A, you're not going to be able to meet them I mean there's way too many people but I wonder if some of the things that will make you unattractive to them could be brought on upon because of cultural differences language barriers I mean and so I wonder if you're I word this if your possibility of finding the one increases by being more worldly, traveling more, I mean, obviously, if you stay in the same town, your options are limited. Exactly. You got like 50 people that you bump into every week. And even still, like, you may not even find it in that 50. Yeah. You know, how do you know you're not settled? You know, a lot of people say, you know, we'll, when it happens, we'll feel it. Mm-hmm. What if whatever you're feeling is just because, like, you don't know what else there is to feel? Yes, language barriers, cultural barriers do pose uh, an obstacle. But um, I'm not... Love transcends. Time, space, reality, story. I feel like we're on a diamond commercial. Like, um, how do you know she's the one? Yeah. Well, Sarah transcends... The fact that she's a transvestite from Albania. Yeah. Hey, you know, there are a lot of guys out there who will go for a quote-unquote woman who used to be a guy. But you know what? It's what worked for them. And however they met could have been completely different. Maybe they may have never met at all. Just about every single one of my friends that I've, I've grown up with, that I've ever come across, the ones that actually travel the most tend to find relationships and tend to find what they consider love in far off places compared to where they they started. You know, um, and I I think it, your your chances do increase when you are more worldly. Um, I have been. A, you know, to different cities in the country, you know, I've been, the farthest I've been out is Texas, 
you know, I've, I've been up north into Canada, um, New York, Rhode Island, um, Minnesota, I've been down to Florida, almost everywhere on the East Coast. Um, and uh, I've yet to, to find anybody, you know? Um, so, to say that love is something you feel, you know, it's, it's a cop-out. It is a cop-out. You really gotta ask, you know, what ultimately comes back to what is love? Is love, uh, is love an abstract or is love a legitimate emotion? Um, and you can argue that emotions themselves are abstract, but the mind and the body react certain ways to certain stimulus, like I said before. Um, and these are generally universal um, reactions. I think um, they say there are seven um, universal facial expressions that express the exact same feeling, no matter what culture you're from. Like, if you're surprised, your face will react a certain way, yes. Your eyebrows will raise, you'll get crinkles in your forehead. Um, the uh, heart rate will elevate. Um, that's more of a biochemical thing. But, Not really. Yeah, can't really. Um, if you're if you're scared, your 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 eyes will widen, your pupils will dilate. Um, these are natural things. But when you're in love, what I mean, what what happens? You know, what what is love? Yeah, what is love as far as a, re- a reaction that can't be? I think I'm in love. As he looks straight through me. Crush, crumble. Do you hear that? <laughs> it's yeah. the Berlin Wall falling down. I'm free yes. now. <laughs> no longer am I weighed down by this brown man that's been sitting upon my chest <laughs> taking shits. <laughs> With that, we're gonna go to a break. Um, yeah, hope you're getting uh, in the mood because uh, this next one's for you. Every song Barry made, I mean, every one was certified before it was released. Before he even wrote it. I mean, they were pre certified. He's like, I'm going into the studio. Oh, here's your award. It's like getting a credit card in the mail. It is. Pre approved. Pre approved, that's right. Now, you hear this phrase a lot, and I want to see how it holds up with you and your idea of love. 
you know, people say often, I can learn to love them. I can learn to, to not care. I can learn to look past. I can learn to love them. Um, and my question is, do you think that's possible? Can you, I mean, you're talking about someone who, um, obviously, has low self-esteem. Um, and thinks that, you know, I got what I got. This is as good as it's going to get. Yeah, they're messed up a little bit in this way or the other. But you know what? I can learn to love. You know, I'll, I'll deal with it. I don't like it at all. I hate it, in fact. But I can learn to love them because they're all I've got. You know, if you really do want to believe in love and that sort of thing, to say that clearly means you don't love that person. Having to learn to love somebody, having to you know, force yourself to look past certain things and just accept isn't really love. That's, I mean, it's acceptance, but it's not love. It's um, settling. And I don't think anybody who truly thinks that they're in love considers themselves to be settling on anything. Um, I mean, I understand the, the meaning behind the phrase, I can learn to love somebody, um, because deep down we're all social creatures and we want to we have a connection with somebody. But the truth is, you may never find it or may not be out there for you. It's a cold, hard facts. Um, and nine times out of ten, the people say they can learn to love somebody end up leaving them anyway. Or they get they end up getting left. Um, if I were to presuppose that love is a real thing, you know, there is a level of balance that needs to, to be to be achieved. Because the, the scale is completely skewed um, when you first meet that person. You know, you, again, halo effect. You are absolutely 100% enamored with that person. Um, and after a while, after a while, the excitement kind of dies down, and then you're left with the reality that you're with them. You're left, um, you're left with the reality that you're stuck with this person for an extended period of time. And what happens next determines how long that period is going to be. Um, now, at this point is where you really need to focus on the balance. I think the biggest mistake that I've seen is that people try to get back to that excitement level. Mm-hmm. They want to stay there. Yeah. Because um, everything's new. Everything's new. It's fun, exciting, fresh. And once they finally get to the, okay, I'm comfortable now, like I'm familiar with this, now what do I do with it? You know, they where wanna, it falls. Yeah, they don't want to get stuck in that low. You find a lot, a lot of people argue um, more in the relationship at that point than any other part of the relationship prior to uh, full-on commitment. Um, that's where you know people start to say like, I can learn to love them because they're still nostalgic of the whole like, yeah, we had this great time beforehand. That doesn't mean that you know. can't accept somebody after the excitement because you can um, I think it just takes people by surprise when it finally happens you know they just don't see it coming it just um, 
despite the fact that for the you know third party perspective, sees that shit like a fucking you know, train wreck. Yeah. Waiting to happen. Yeah. You don't see it until like you're smack dab in the middle. Yeah. Definitely agree because I've seen. I think we all have seen so many relationships that we're just we just sit there and we're like, what? You going to tell me that you're with who? And, he, and, 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 and here's the other what? thing. And um, it, it's funny because not only do I I think that the, the phrase learn to love somebody just means you're settling and not loving them. But I also think it's used selectively um, when people want something. They focus on their wants rather than their needs. Um, and they, I mean, that's fine. I, part of, I guess, being in love is knowing what you want. But a lot of people focus on the wants before the needs. So they have all this, like, stuff that they were, you know completely head over heels for but it's not really satisfying what they need in life and I think that's where a lot of people like lose you know lose in that regard you know once they pass the uh, the honeymoon phase as they call it um, you know that one person say well I can learn to love this person you know after you know all the excitement's gone yet they can turn right around and tell another person yeah there's no way I could ever love you how can you say you can never love somebody and say you can learn to love someone else? Maybe it's it's got a, a lot to do with what you're willing to compromise. Because you can't have love without compromise. You said earlier, you're just not going to meet someone who doesn't, there's not just one little thing that doesn't bug you. I mean, there's yeah. got to, I mean, my parents, every successful couple that I've ever met, they'll, they'll openly say, yeah, he does this one thing that I've I hate I can't stand it you know it really really grinds my gears <laughs> when uh, she does this one thing or, you know with my parents I'll just take an example my dad neat free but he's efficient I mean he'll walk in the sink is a mess the kitchen's just horrible he'll say well ugh my mom never cleans up. Like, she'll leave a mess. And she'll clean it up later. But she, she'll leave it if she's just done with whatever she's doing. My dad, definitely a clean-as-you-go kind of dude. So that just bugs the shit. Um, now, my mom, to counteract that, she can't stand when he goes out and cleans after her. Oh. So, you get this complex... Well, then don't leave your dishes. Well, then don't come up and clean them. I'll clean them later. Well, if you clean them later, that's just going to bug me more because I want to get them done now. Yeah, well, I just left them there for me to do. It's not your fault. Blah, blah, blah. And that this, is a vicious cycle. It is. It a is. vicious spin cycle. It is. talking about dishwashers. Yes, it is. That's more of a washing machine. Spin cycles. Uh, well. Rinse cycle, I Rinse. Yeah, it's, a, rinse. It's, a, it's a vicious rinse cycle. It is. Never ending. Full of detergent. Detergent and food scraps. Right. Um, so, you, and I've talked to them, you know, everybody talks to their parents, you know, about love. And, Not everybody. Um, no? Okay. Well, uh, I mean, a I, lot of people. I can get into that. Um, okay, you talk to people. anyone you trust yeah. about love. And they'll say, you know, 
love, at the end of the day, is about compromising. It's about loving someone so much that you're willing to not care about the little things because you love the whole so much. So, I wonder if that's learning to love someone, I wonder if that's a, a, an exaggerated hyperbole of compromising for someone. Because you've kind of got, I mean, on the range of relationships you've got, a fair medium, I would take, you know, most successful couples that compromise on little things. Right. Um, and you've got some that compromise on everything on one day. And, you know, they should just, I mean, not that it just bugs them, it'll ruin their day. Yeah. Like, and I'm not saying, sometimes it's, it should. Say the dad is like a coke act, you know? No, you shouldn't compromise on that. But she's in a spot where she doesn't think she can make it any other way. She's got to stay with him. Then on the other end, you got on people that won't compromise on anything. That's got to be their way or the highway. And they just have to be in a submissive relationship with someone else. Someone else has to submit to them. Or vice versa. So... Now, the healthiest would obviously be right there in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want a co-catter. You don't want a dictator. Exactly. Yet, most of them are married. Or have a girlfriend. Uh-huh. Um, I don't know about happily. Uh, still, still. Still. are in some sort of relationship. Yeah. So, even a co-cat, and even Adolf, at the end of the day, they've got somebody to love. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess, uh, really, like you said, it is a matter of uh, compromise. Now, it's funny you should you classify it in those three stages because I'm, I actually view people to fall in those three categories. Now, the terminology um, is gender-based. However, the, the general ideas still apply. Guys. You've got three kinds of guys. You're going to say bitches? <laughs> Wait. Hold that thought. Okay, okay. Hold that thought. Okay. Excuse me, you going to be here all night? Uh, for a little while. You know, policy is employees can shut in, baby. Especially as I'm Boy, this coffee on you. know, no, no show. I mean, that's you. Whoa. You know? So. David. When you check in that. No, I looked at him, the, the kid that, I guess, wants to be a Marine. Yeah. I don't think I... Well, he won't involve her. He will but... The two girls will got so. Yeah. He goes that from the day Oh. So I, I know he's having a relief. So could you handle... No. I could. I could. I'd like to. Be just like wrestling, you know, sumo wrestling. You know, you don't have a workout. Yeah. Yeah. All right. True. All right. Later, Dave. That was Dave, ladies and gentlemen. That was Dave. David Campbell. Bring it down. Now, classify. Classify. Classification of uh, people. Males. You've got three classifications. You've got the nice guy, you've got the good man, and you've got the asshole. Okay. Okay? The, uh, the nice guy. This is the classification that no guy wants to be in. Because what's the, uh, what's the phrase? Nice guys finish last. Yeah. Um, 
every girl wants to be friends with a nice guy. Uh-huh. But, but that's it. But that's it. Just they want to be friends. Right. <sighs> then you... But this guy, the nice guy, he's always compromising. Uh-huh. Um, his sense of identity is faltered and shaky and unstable at best. Um, Cindy, you're describing me. Hold on a second. Okay. Hold on. But I'm also glad you said that. Okay. Um, but, uh, yeah, the, the nice guy, he, um... He would give and give and give and give and give and not take in return. Yes. Okay. Um, hence, nice guy. The good man. I think a lot of girls confuse good men with nice guys. The good man is someone who has a sense of identity but knows how to compromise when appropriate. Um, they know how to find the balance. Um, they give... But they also know how to take in return. Mm-hmm. Um, now, some people say, like, you know, taking is not as important as giving. True. But reciprocation in a relationship is key. Um, you can give all you want. But if the person isn't giving back to you and you're not taking back from them, it's not really a relationship. You're just sort of just following them around. Yeah. Um, so you, the good man knows when to take something and when to, to give something. Okay. Um, the good man knows that sometimes you have to have an argument. Sometimes you have to have a fight um, for the greater good. And he also knows that sometimes you just got to back in. Then you've got the asshole. The asshole has a sense of identity, a very strong sense of identity. One that is completely unfaltering and will not change for anything. Will not compromise. Only takes. Um, And for for lack of a better term, he's just a douche. You know? Yeah. He's the kind of guy, you see him, his central identity is so strong that it comes off as confident, but really it's just cockiness. Um, this person will have to go through a serious, serious, like, life-changing situation in order for them to, to move out of their role. Um, then you've got the females. Okay, break down um, the females. Again, the same kind of, uh, description, except the terminology is different. Instead of, uh, the nice guy, you've got the good girl. Okay. You've got the nice woman. And then you've got the bitch. Okay. Bitch and the asshole, same fucking person. Mm-hmm. Except one's got a dick, the other's got a dick. Um, the good man, nice woman. Uh-huh. Same person. And the good girl, nice guy, also same person. Now here's why they get those classes. Here's why the women get those classifications. What do you think of when you hear the term good girl? Think about it. Dogs. Yeah. Lap dogs. Yeah. Completely loyal, obedient. They just okay. serve and they don't, you know, think otherwise. Right. These women are the self-destructive types. Um, they will do everything they possibly can, put themselves through all kinds of misery just to make their man happy. 
despite the fact that they're ruining their, their own lives in the process. And then you've got the nice woman. The nice woman's the woman you can take home to mom. The nice woman you can have a conversation with. You can debate about. You can, you can argue, but you won't let it get out of hand. And then you've got the bitch who is completely self-absorbed, um, will not falter, um, constantly taking, you know, same as the asshole. Um, and it's funny because, uh, the, like magnets, the opposites attract. The asshole goes for the, the good girl. The bitch goes for the nice guy. But the nice man, or the, the nice woman and the good man, boom. Perfect match. I think a lot of couples, you know, who find themselves in rocky relationships... We're often told, like, they can do better or, you know, they're not good for you. It's because they find themselves in that imbalance. They're not in... Exactly, the, that diagram you've got there, that's pretty much how, how it plays out. They haven't found that, that middle ground. Yeah. Now, I want to ask you a question. Mm-hmm. We've got, I've got this little graph. Yeah. And it's, it's just... Um, Maybe I can put a picture on here. Um, you got on the top, good guy, good man. Uh, nice guy. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, let me change that. Nice guy. You got nice guy, good man, the asshole. Right. Under it, you got good girl, nice woman, and the bitch. Right. Why is it that so many... The nice women get the asshole and are content. I believe that that scenario is actually a matter of personal perspective. Um, In a lot of cases, these categories of people are very obvious, very clearly defined. But you can have a good man with asshole tendencies. Um, you can have an asshole with nice guy tendencies as well. It can go either way. It, it can shift in either direction, no matter where you lie in this chart. Um, okay. So for a, a, a third-party guy, seeing a nice woman with an a, with a quote-unquote asshole may just be an asshole to him, but he may be a good man to her, just kind of an asshole to other people. There's always some, you know, gray area between this, um, but the ones that are really obvious, it's, it's the, like, as you can see there, you know, these are direct connections. Nice guy and the good girl, they're definitely the creepy couple. Yeah, they're weird. Um, because it, they're always trying to please each other, which is... Harmless. Yeah, completely harmless. But the way they go about doing it, 
is too selfless. To the point where they could actually hurt themselves. Emotionally or even physically, depending on the situation. I could get that. And then you've got the asshole and the bitch couples. That's a Jersey Shore couple right yeah. there. That is the, uh, the smoky situation that I don't... I don't watch Jersey Sword, obviously. <laughs> the but I situ- Give me yeah. the Snooky situation. Um, Tonight on Night Area. Yeah. You mean on Dateline? Uh, you said Nightline. <laughs> oh, Lord. Um, uh, but, yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's kind of how I, I break it down. All right, guys. It's time for a uh, little break. And uh, so far, we've learned a lot, I think. I have. About relationships. And so we're gonna we're gonna leave on a, on a little note before the break. And, um, F minor sharp. Yeah. It's, uh, no. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no. Um, I want a question to get these guys thinking. Okay. Do you have one? Uh, I guess, um... I guess I was... Okay, okay. I got, I got a question for a lot of people out there. Given the, the classifications that I've, I've mentioned, um, and your relationships that you've gone through in the past, um... What are you in? Yeah, where do you, where do you see yourself in this classification? Do you think that based off those past relationships, you've been able to move through the, the classifications to find a balance? And do you think you're at that balance now? There you go. So while you ponder that, we're going to go out and smoke a cigarette and uh, see what uh, we come up with. Tall and tan and young and lovely, the girl from Ipanema goes walking and when she passes, each one she passes goes ah. When she walks, she's like a samba that swings so cool and sways so gentle that when she passes, each one she passes goes ooh. But I watch her so sadly. Can I tell her I love her? Yes, I would give my heart gladly. But each day when she walks to the sea, she looks straight ahead, not at me. Tall and tan and young and lovely, the girl from Ipanema goes walking and when she passes, I smile, but she doesn't see. Doesn't That's right. The king himself, Frank Sinatra, the girl from Ipanema. Lovely song. So, we're back. Um, I hope you've pondered uh, your uh, your status. Amongst this charge, um, I myself, I'm, I'm sitting here right now uh, looking at it, and uh, you know, I'm, I think I find myself somewhere in the middle 
of nice guy and good man. You know, um, leaning a little slightly more to the nice guy. Um, no, I'm not trying to like egotistically say, oh, I'm such a nice guy. It's just the simple fact that I do tend to forget how to take and I give way, way too much. Uh, sickening amounts of giving. I'm talking like I'm freaking Santa Claus <laughs> in the relationship. And I'm forgetting myself. I've lost my ability within the relationship. I've kind of morphed myself to be what that person wants me to be. So, you know, have I dated um, good girls? Yeah, I have. And it was weird because, you know, I'm giving, she's giving, everybody's giving, no one's taking, right? Um, if I dated nice women, seldomly. I think I've gotten maybe two, two or three truly, true women that truly fit into this nice woman category that we've kind of uh, created here. Um, now, the bitch... I wouldn't say I've dated many bitches. Um, but I bet you've known plenty of them. I've known many. No. Who doesn't? Um, I, and we're not making this a derogatory thing uh, towards women. I mean, women have the bitch, men have the asshole. They're equally frustrating. Um, but I have had two or three, I'd say maybe at the top four, women that were just take, take, take. Don't give anything back. Which we, you would think would work well with my, with that nice guy's tendency. Uh, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Um, you would think with the nice guy tendencies, the bitch would be perfect because I just can keep giving. And they never have enough. I mean, it just keeps going and going, and I'm satisfied because I'm giving. But it's almost like I'm giving to a black hole. I don't see any of the fruitation of, okay, they like it, and they're starting to trust me, or they like it, and they see protection. So, well, I think because, well, you said it before, like, you... Um, you are a good man with a lot of nice guy tendencies. And because you have that good man, um, you know, element to your personality, you can appreciate when you're with someone who just constantly takes. And you know, okay, this is just not healthy for me. Now, you said that, you know, probably like two, three, um, you know, nice women that you did. Um, what do you think, I guess, um... What do you think kind of stopped those from continuing on? Do you think more the nice guy came out, you know, in those uh, those situations? Or do you think um, maybe it was uh, not recognizing those women as good women or as uh, nice women? Um, for the first one, uh, I mentioned her earlier um, when I truly felt like I had finally met that one. Right. Um, and I won't say her name. Uh, I, 
I'm pretty sure that she'll never come across this because the sheer fact that she's a moved across many many states and b never has kept up with me since our relationship in any sense of the matter. Um, so, but even though, um, yeah, and I fell head over heels. I mean, I was, I was so happy with where things were going. It wasn't a quick pace. It was a healthy, slow, nice, maturing relationship. And then she dropped me off. She, uh, she, she said, okay, you know what? I just kind of want to be friends now. Um, no, it's hard. Um, so that's the only one that, and I can honestly say that that was the only time my heart's ever been broken. I've ever been on the receiving end of, damn, I'm broke. Like, this sucks. I've broken a lot of girls' hearts. Um, more than I want to say. And a lot of it has stemmed from surely me. Surely me realizing somewhere at some point in the relationship that I wasn't happy like I thought I was in the beginning and like they think I am now. Right. Um, for the other two that I think were nice women, um, they... That I, I began, I began to see uh, tendencies that I could not compromise with. Um, not so much of the bitch aspect, where they were just complete, you know, just not right for them. Not so much that, but also not so much those little things that you need to compromise in a healthy relationship. It was. Um, I began seeing, and any you're you write, um, anyone who writes will understand this. I began to see their character flaws, yeah, their pitfalls, and they became too complex a character for me to intimately associate with. Um, on paper, they looked great as a simple character, but once they became dynamic, and I understood that there was depth behind this person and how much depth I didn't know I began becoming um, I started to become weary of is this who I really want you know right um, that's where I think it trailed off and since then I've dated a lot of girls that were just not right for me but they unlike you you say you've dated a lot of girls and odd thing is I haven't dated a lot of girls I've, okay. I've dated a couple okay. of girls like you said you've dated or been involved with women but they're all very very different people right not a lot of character similarities there wasn't that one thing that you know you could link them to now I on the other hand have dated a lot of women and yes over time they have changed their character flaws. Of course. I mean, that's to be expected. Um, but I can see in groups of them, there's different groups, I can see a, a common trait. Um, for recently, it's been, you know, I need someone who is artistic 
passionate, bold, not afraid to be themselves. Because that's what I want to be. But when I'm matched with someone like that, they become way too much for me to keep track of. And their emotions are way too intense. And I begin to sense that mine aren't as intense as they are. And so my interest starts to dwindle. They finally see it. I have to voice what's wrong. And then it just falls to, falls to crap. Yeah. <laughs> so, and moving forward, I'm trying, you know, I'm going in the Marines. So, relationship right now is very hard. <laughs> I'm not going to be uh, around right. very much here or anywhere. Um, that's what military life is. You know, Military-wise, have it the worst. I mean, especially active duty. Um, not seeing your man. Or, either way, if you're a man and your wife is active duty... It's not hard. seeing your partner. Just not seeing them, um, and not never, not not so much not seeing them because there's people who are in relationships that are both active, but the the not knowing if they're alive, or yeah, the constant worry of are they going to come home? Not because are they going to be out with another man or another woman, but are they going to be alive. shot? Yeah, are they going to be you know in danger? Um, I want that family. I want that, you know, your, your American dream. Pretty much. Sad to say it. Never wanted to admit it growing up. I, I, yeah, I denounced it since the age of 10. <laughs> so, and it just progressed worse and worse. Right. But, um, moving forward, I'm trying to see what... It, Wait, I'm trying to learn from those relationships. What went wrong? What kind of people do I need to date? You know, what? And it's hard. You know what? And it's going to be like that's the thing. Like, that's part of part of my cynicism is that it is it is hard. That's that's why so many of the girls that I have dated have nothing in common. Um, perhaps maybe I am giving up a little too soon on a particular you know type of girl, not in association with the chart, but just personality-wise, but, um, you know, I, I do notice that with certain characteristics, you know, if you have the particular, like, mentality, these other characteristics are sure to follow, you know, um, and I kind of have to move on from that. Now, obviously, there's a couple of things that I am looking for in, in a person, um, but there's still a lot that I, I don't know what I'm looking for because I haven't had a chance to experience it. Um, and uh, it's especially given the fact that you're going to be uh, potentially overseas, traveling from place to place. You're, yeah, you're not going to be able to sit down long enough to really uh, take a relationship to its farthest extent just yet. Um, And I know we're kind of running out of time here, and I mean, I could definitely go into uh, why I, um, you know, why my relationships are where they are. Uh, just so, like, everyone's clear, um, as far as, like, me not liking 
me not believing in love, it's not that I don't believe that love isn't real so much as it, it's not the definition of what love used to be is not the same anymore. And we try to keep it that way, but the fact is, the moment we try to quantify it and make it uh, a numerical value is the moment we screw up. Yeah. The science of love has killed love itself. Yeah, I definitely have to agree with that. So all you teenagers out there reading Cosmo and you know, all your magazines the, and the tests online, you know, how to find your true love and um, Just the questionnaires. toss them out the window, please. Throw them out and be like Nike. Just do it. Exactly. I mean, just don't go looking for love. And it sounds so cliche, but let it find you. Um, debating is fine. Talking about it's cool. But for the love of God, don't just go out to go out and have... Don't, don't go searching. Yeah, don't. Because that's where you get lost. God, God knows, you know, I've, that's been told to me plenty of times before. And it can be really frustrating because you're going to have a lull in all of it. But, yeah, just let it, let it, just let it go, you know. Let it happen naturally. Um, you know, the biggest reason why people um, find themselves in situations where they can't find anybody is because, you know, they're in one of those, you know, categories and they keep searching for it. And instead of, like, you know, determining whether or not they're in the right category, they're trying to make the, uh, you know, they're trying to make love fit them rather than them fit love. Um, and that was, my, that was my biggest problem, was that, uh, you know, I was definitely stuck in the nice guy phase, and it wasn't until, like, I just let that go that I brought myself up to the good man level. And now it's just, you know, let what happened happen. So, we're leaving now, and I'm going to leave you with this. Um, first of all, I just want to say thank you very much, Xander, for coming on again. Not a problem, Patrick. Always uh, a pleasure. Good times, and... Perhaps we'll see a Lovecast uh, trilogy coming up. Uh, I think we've got a lot of talking points to move on with. Um, but for now, case in point, just let it go. Just let it go. Now, I don't know if anyone has heard the first Lovecast. And, uh, you know, if you've stuck around this long, thank you for listening to this one. But, uh, well, hopefully we get a third. And um, hopefully the, the mood lightens up a little bit. Yeah. You know, we we act as living examples. That's right. All right. Um, take it easy. Have a good night, folks. Across the deep ocean, under the open sky. Oh my, baby, I'm trying. Boy, I hear you in my dreams. I feel you whisper across the sea. Keep you with me in my heart You make it easier when life gets hard Lucky I'm in love with my best friend Lucky to have been where I have been Lucky to be coming home again Wait for